0: Now, we, we started off la- last week looking at our relationships with others, and one of the issues that we hit was the expectations, and we got bogged down uh, in the marriage relationship, right? It got testy for a few moments uh, as far as the marriage relationship was concerned. But, but let me just say, it doesn't just relate to marriage relationships. It relates to any relationship. Your expectations can destroy the relationship. They can ruin relationships. In fact, they're probably one of the greatest ruin uh, things that ruin relationships uh, for any of us. And what it is, is you're expecting something that the other person has never committed to or agreed to. You know? Um, uh, and when those results are not met, you feel used, you feel hurt. And you've got to remember to hang on a minute, did this other person commit to this? You may think it's perfectly reasonable. They may not think it's perfectly reasonable. But, <clears throat> but that will ruin a relationship. And then we looked at obligations. And obligation are a very poor form of love. I'm doing it because I have to. I'm doing it because I feel obliged. And very often in relationships, we're doing stuff because we feel obliged to, not because we want to. And if you uh, take it on, uh, on board for yourself, if you have somebody who's doing something for you, well, I suppose I have to. You almost want to say, well, don't bother don't you? <clears throat> um, you know, but when you're, when you're doing, the, doing it because you're... And what you can do is you can, get, uh, you can get to the place where all of your relationships are governed by obligation, and that's a horrible place to be. You'll be burdened with that, you'll be, and there'll be no love in it and no fun in it. Right? So you've got to be careful as far as the obligations are concerned. Uh, you've got to stop doing things just because others expect you to do them. Because remember, one of the big governing things for us in, all, in relationships uh, is the fact that I'm doing what people expect me to do. And what people expect you to do may not be what's, what God would have you to do or what's right for you to do. So you've got to be careful of that. Right? Now, You don't have to be mean and cruel and hard. Uh, But you do have to be careful that you're not being drawn into doing things and feeling burdened and frustrated, and you end up burning out. You just want to get away from people then. You don't want to be around people, right? Um, And it becomes a matter of bondage versus liberty, law versus freedom. You're doing it because you have to. You don't want to do that, right? You want your relationships to be sweet, and you want to do uh, what's right and what's loving in it, and you want it to be real, not just pretending, right? And so you say, well, what do I do if I'm kind of bogged down as far as obligations are concerned? Well, what you have to do is you have to get with the Lord. And you have to find out what it is that you should be doing. And, you know, the Lord's very good at letting you know. And then you know what you have to do? You have to start saying no. It's a great word. No. We teach the kids to say it, don't we? Just say no. You know what? Adults need to get taught no as well. Doesn't work. You know. And by the way, don't get yourself into the into the terrible place where you have to justify yourself every time you say no. Because right? if you have to justify yourself, uh, what, what happens is you're already feeling obligated, uh, but you're not doing it. You know? Listen. <clears throat> if you can't do it, you, you can just say no. Right? <clears throat> now. Um, and again. We're not talking about you never helping anybody, never doing anything, but what you'll find is you'll find you're able to do more if the basis of it is love uh, than you would do if it's obligation. Obligation just wears you out, right? Okay. All right, so Psalm 37, verse 4. We're going to look at, is I want to bad, Is I want to bad? For a Christian to say, I want to, is that bad? Right? Now, here's here's what very often Christians do. We get ourselves in a knot. We're supposed to be loving. We're supposed to be self-sacrificing. We're supposed to be more spiritual than other people. So we come to the place where we're afraid to say we want to about anything. Now, the problem with that is, again, it's false. Because there are lots of things that you want to do. There are lots of things that you prefer? I was talking to my my grandson, uh, Christopher, Uh, uh, I think Tuesday. We were were doing something together, right? And we found a spider on the ground, right? And I asked because I knew knew some of his family have a problem with spiders, right? And I said, so what about spiders? Um, Christopher, are you afraid of spiders? And he said, no. And I said, do you like them? And he said, Well, I don't prefer them. (laughs) I don't prefer spiders, right? You know what? It's okay for us not to prefer some things, and it's okay for us to want to do some things. And we need to kind of get over the hump as far as that uh, is concerned. Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, first thought there is, you know what? God knows there are desires of your heart. Right, God knows there are desires of your heart. And do you know that God includes them? You know, uh, in First Timothy chapter 3 it says, He that desireth the office of a bishop desireth a good thing. Sometimes we put it across when we get called into ministry. that getting called into ministry is God has to skull haul you and drag you kicking and screaming into ministry because you didn't want to do it and it's a hard life and all the rest of it. No, you know what God does? God puts a desire in your heart to do that which he wants you to do. He actually puts a desire in it. Uh, you know. So <clears throat> there are desires, there are things that you desire and they may not be wrong at all. Some of the things, obviously, that you desire are wrong. God says they're wrong, and you know what? They're just wrong. But some things you desire are not wrong. We need to kind of get, get over that thought. Now, now watch this, right? <clears throat> Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, <clears throat> what does he ask you to do? He asks you to delight yourself in him. Now, by the way, uh, in a generation that we live in, uh, we follow our hearts. That's, that's the mantra of our day and age, isn't it? That whatever your heart says to you, you do it. You follow your heart because that's what's going to make you happy. That's what's going to make you fulfilled. That's nonsense. Your heart is a liar; it will lead you down a, a wrong path. Always, you don't follow your heart, right? So we'll talk about desires, but we're not talking about following your heart, right? So delight yourself also in the Lord. The first stage is you're going to delight yourself in God. You're going to delight yourself in Him. You're going to come to the place where you're delighting yourself in the Lord. In the Lord, where. Uh, you're, you're, you're looking to him and you're delighting yourself uh, in him. And it says, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. It's always going to be in conjunction with him. Do you know the greatest delight, the greatest fulfillment of desire that you and I are ever going to achieve in this world, bar none, is him. He is the gift. He is the promise. He is our reward. He is our portion. He is it. That's the the greatest gift that we're going to find. The greatest satisfaction we're going to find is in in him. Delight yourself also in the Lord. But you know, when you're delighted, when you're delighting in the Lord, your desires change, don't they? But they don't become things you don't like. Your desires are not for things that you don't like. There's desires there. God knows you've got desires there. God knows there are things that you want, right? Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Now, we often talk about waiting on God. Now, what does waiting on God mean? Patience. What are, patience. Waiting on God, patience. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. Um, when you wait on God, do you just kind of sit around and wait? Okay, come, on. come on, God, let's get on with it. Mom, are we? well, I'm waiting, I have been waiting now five minutes. <clears throat> I am waiting on God. Is that what, what waiting on God means? Pardon? Fasting and praying, the word. Okay, fasting and praying. You might spend time fasting and praying, waiting on God. Here's the idea. The idea is you're trusting in him to do something you can't do, and you're waiting at him, on him. That's what waiting on God means. Waiting on God apart from trusting is not really waiting on God in the biblical sense. Waiting on God means I'm trusting in him to deliver it, to bring it to pass. So I'm depending upon him. I'm depending upon him to do it. I'm delighting myself in him. I'm committing my way to him, and I'm waiting on him. Now what does God do when we're waiting on him? Let me ask you this. How many of you have waited for something and you didn't get it? And and at this stage you know you're never going to get it. Not, not terrible, no. Hang on a minute, hang on, maybe this thing doesn't work. Now hang on a minute, you're not all dying though. So you waited on something or you wanted something from God and he didn't give it to you. So what did he do? Then? He waited for your reaction. Waited for your reaction, okay. And then sometimes he changes the desire of your heart, doesn't he? Isn't the way God can change the desire of your heart? I can, I can think of a whole bunch of things. I must be pretty dumb in some ways because I can think of a whole bunch of things that I wanted from God that God didn't give me and I'm glad he didn't give me. <clears throat> I am so glad he didn't give me. Because what did he do? He changed the desires of my heart in those things. It's not like I, uh, I was waiting on God, I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on God, and he didn't give them to me. And, oh man, I'm destroyed. No, no, it's not like that. When I'm delighting myself in the Lord and I'm waiting on Him, He's given me the desires of my heart. And when the desires of my heart are not what He wants to give me, He changes the desires of my heart. Now, by the way, don't get in His way. Right? Don't we sometimes think, well, you know what? <clears throat> uh, if I don't keep on wanting this with all my heart, I'll never get it. Don't get in God's way like that. You don't have to be angst-ridden to get God's attention so that God can give you uh, what do you desires. You don't have to do that. You know, you can delight yourself in him, let him work in your heart, and what you're going to find is you're going to find a life for God is giving you the desires of your heart. You're going to find a life that works, a life that's right, a life for you that's right. Right? Christians, we can complicate things more than most people can. You ask somebody in the world what do they want, and they have no problem telling you. You ask a Christian what do they want, and they can be all over the place about it. But the reality for a Christian is that God says he will give you the desires of your heart. Sometimes he'll change them, but he'll give you the desires of your heart. So here's the thing. I can depend upon this, that God is going to satisfy me. Now and in the future. He may not give me everything I want, but I'm going to be satisfied because he's going to give me the desires of my heart. He's going to work on my heart. So does that make sense to you? Okay, so here's, here's the point I want to make. Uh, Your desires are not naturally wrong. Your desires are not naturally, in and of themselves, wrong. You don't have to do what uh, he's talking about here. Is I want to bad? Some Christians have a deep suspicion of their own desires. They avoid saying I want to and are more likely to say something like I think I should, or I feel impressed to, or I feel the Lord led me to. Right? Now, do you, do you see what he's getting at there? We kind of cover it up like we don't want to be so carnal as to desire anything, so we have to couch it in spiritual terms and make it look like it's not really me that desires it, it's God. No, no. Now, listen, you know what? If you have a desire in your heart that's, that can be fulfilled legitimately, it's very likely that God put it there. It's very likely that God put it there. How are you going of reckon on that? It's not a case that you have to reject every desire of your heart. It's not a case that you have to be Matt Talbot. Matt Talbot was a priest, a Dublin priest years ago. And he used to beat himself. He used to wrap his body in chains. And, you know, he lived the life of an aesthetic, never doing anything that he enjoyed because that would be bad and wicked. Somehow, Christianity buys into a little bit of that. And we think really holy people, you know, are, have hard lives, and they have no fun, and it's sour. Uh, that's not true. Right? Uh, you know, if you seek him with all your heart, what does he promise you? Okay. Uh, if we seek the Lord with all our heart, what's, what's the promise? What's the scriptural promise to us? Okay. He will, he will reward us. Right? Uh, he, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Right? So God promises that he will reward you. Now listen, let me ask you this. Uh, would a reward put a smile on your face or a frown on your face? Is it possible that a reward would put a frown on your face? Okay, well, I suppose this is my reward. That's not the way it works, is it? The reward's always going to be something that's good. God's going to bless you with good things. He wants to bless you with good things. Now, I need to to kind of warn you. He's not always going to bless you with the things you think are good things. He's not always, he's He's going to bless you with good things. And if you kind of get in the flow with God, what God is doing, what you'll find is that God is supplying the desires of your heart. And you say, hang on a minute, Pastor, I have things I want that God's never given me. But you know what? There's a lot of things in your life that God has given you, isn't there? There's a lot of things. Don't we have this incredible ability to minimize the things we have and maximize the things we don't have? God's meeting the desires of your heart. God's giving you the desires of your heart. So it's okay for you to say, I want to. It's okay for you to say, yeah, that's what I'd like. Yeah, I'd really like that. I dealt with somebody some time ago, and um, they they were having a problem doing something. And the reason it unfolded they were having a problem doing something was because they really wanted to do it. And they didn't know if God could be in something when they really wanted to do it. Of course he can. He works that way. Um, When God says, he that desireth the office of a bishop... Desire is a good thing. That's somebody being called into ministry as a pastor, right? Let me ask you. For someone to desire the office of a bishop, right, what would have to happen? Sick of the world. Pardon? Sick of, the world. sick of the world. Okay, all right. If you get sick of the world, that, that, listen, that could be part of it, right? You know, <clears throat> that, that you would get sick of the world, Um <clears throat> Uh, what else would have to happen? Wouldn't God have to, at some level, work in that person's heart to make a desire? Now, look, I, I understand it. You could have somebody who could say, hey, you know what, that's a great job. You only work Sunday mornings. You don't have to do anything else during the week. You know, easy life. Um, I'd, like the, I, I'd like that. And you could be all wrong about it, right? You could be all wrong about it. But, you know, if you understood what it meant and, uh, and what it took and so on, you know what, there would really have to be something of God putting a desire there, wouldn't you? It would have to be something of God. So he that desireth the office of a bishop. Now, if somebody desires the office of a bishop, now sometimes Christians do this. Sometimes even people in ministry do this. They say, oh, it's hard. It's a grim life. It's a tough life. And if you can do anything else, do it, because this is a grim, hard, tough life. Well, that belies the fact that God says he puts a desire in somebody's heart. Can ministry be tough? Yes. Right? But still... God puts a desire in somebody's heart to do it. So you've got to recognize that. So your desires are not always wrong. It's not wrong for you to say, I want to, I like like that, I want to do that, I don't prefer spiders. That's not wrong. You can do that. Uh, It's fine for you to want some things and not to want other things, right? Now, here's where we're going with this. You see, if you don't actually declare what you want right? Do you stop wanting it? No. You just stop declaring it, right? So how do you get it if you don't declare what you want? So you don't say what you want in relationship. You don't say what you want because that would be unspiritual. I wouldn't want to look carnal so people were looking down on me and thinking, you know, he's just wanting things for himself. So therefore, I won't say the things I want. But I still want them, don't I? So, what am I going how am I gonna go about them in relationship? Then I start manipulating. <laughs> then I start not saying what I want, but kind of working around it and manipulating people into giving me what I want. And we can become so good at that. Christians can be can be so good at doing the wrong thing. We, 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 can, we can make an art form out of it, right? So, I'm not willing to come out and say, you know what, I want something. So, what I do is I start manipulating other people to give it. Now, let me give you some examples on this. Now, we need, we need to watch my time tonight, but um, let me give you some examples on this one, right? Okay, how do you make your desires known to those around you? When you don't identify your desires and tell people about them clearly, you run the risk of making people, people feel guilty in order to get your own way. Instead of honestly and clearly making your desires known, you manipulate people by making them feel guilty to get what you want. Manipulation is a hurtful behavior and guilt is a hurtful feeling. Did you ever hear anyone say how terrific guilt feels? Probably not. Speaking the truth is a skill you can learn remembering to keep accusations, threats, and hostility out. Here are some examples of manipulation by guilt and speaking the truth. All right, so manipulation by guilt. I'm so exhausted, worn out, and pooped from working all day and then overtime too. I don't mind all the overtime, a lie, Because I know how you have your heart set on buying that new car. I'm glad to work the overtime, a lie, so we can buy it for you. I'm really tired, though, truth. Working so hard really gets to me. I just don't know where I'll get the energy to drive Billy to his scout meeting tonight. Okay? What's he looking for? Pardon? (laughs) Yeah, he's looking for somebody else to drive Billy to the scout meeting, isn't he? Right? Now, uh, in order to get... Billy to the scout meeting, he doesn't want to come out and say, look, I'm wrecked. Would you, would you drive Billy to the scout meeting tonight? So what he does is he pre- prefabricates this story uh, and he manipulates the other person into feeling sorry for him, right? Now, we'll say the other person says, oh, I'll do it, and does it. How do they feel? Do they feel they're doing it because they had a choice? Or do they feel they're doing it because they were obliged to do it because of the long story he he felt? It's no fun for them. They're doing it, but they're kind of, you know what, they're not happy about it. They're doing it because, you know what, they were manipulated into it, right? So the person who's giving the gift of running Billy to the scout thing in this case uh, is feeling horrible about it. No fun, no love in it. They're just doing this awful duty. It's dry and it's hard. The person who got them done doesn't feel loved either because they just manipulated somebody into doing it. Now, do we do that? can we masterfully do that and hide what we're doing? We can masterfully put it on somebody else and it's a relationship ruiner. Nobody enjoys being manipulated. Nobody enjoys not being cared for. You know, so when you manipulate somebody else to do it for you, that's wrong. It would be much better for you to say, "Look, I am wrecked. Would you please room Billy to the scout uh, to, to to a scout meeting?" Yet that would be much, then the other person has a choice. They can say no, can't they? No, I'm wrecked too. Do it yourself. So you see, maybe being laying it out there is not as effective sometimes as manipulating people. <clears throat> and by the way, you know what? You need to accept that if somebody says no. But if they decide yes to do it, they are now giving you a gift, something they're not obliged to do, but they have decided to give you as a gift. You know what? That makes them feel good. Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. They've decided to give you a gift that's good, gift. And you're receiving a gift. That feels good, doesn't it? They've decided to do it for you. They haven't been manipulated into doing it. Do you get this? You get, these are bad habits in relationships that really ruin uh, relationships, right? Um, love doesn't manipulate. Love dares to tell the truth. Sometimes a person will be so accustomed to manipulating by making people guilty, they can't recognize love when they see it. Manipulation says, now he's got two charts. So <clears throat> he manipula- what, what, what mani- Manipulation says and what love says. So Let me read it for you uh, quickly. Manipulation says nobody ever calls me. The phone hardly ever rings. Of course, I always call you. In fact, I called you twice last week. Now, what are you learning there from this conversation? Keeping score, isn't he? I called you twice. You haven't called me. He's keeping score in the relationship. Now, what's he looking for? He's looking for you to get your act together and start phoning him. All right, now, well, say you do. Well, say you say, okay. All right, man, I feel really bad about that, and you phone him. Well, what do you do when you pick up the phone to phone him? What are you thinking? Oh, I'm just going to enjoy some time conversation with my friend. No, what are you thinking? Oh, stink. If I don't call him. me will be on my case again. I, I, I better make the phone call. Do, do, do you get the difference? Right? Now, love, on the other hand, says this. Now, <clears throat> You're under no obligation to me whatsoever. I love you without strings attached. Right? Now, that's kind of tough. Why, by the way, is somebody looking for somebody else uh, to, to, to phone them or do other things for them? Why? Because the, they feel. Okay, Josh? Say say louder. Okay, makes them feel more valuable. What's happening is out of their emptiness, they're looking for somebody to fill their emptiness, you. Do you ever get around somebody like that? Somebody who it's never enough. Now, what happens when you're in a friendship where it's never enough? No matter how much you give, they want more. They're always sucking more and drawing more. What do you do do with that relationship? Who said? It's very off-putting, isn't it? In fact it may become for you a very unhealthy relationship and you may have to say, you know what, I'm going to break this relationship. All right? Now, if you're married to the person, you can't break the relationship. just want you understand that, right? <clears throat> um, but, you know, it may come to the place where you need to actually break the relationship because, you know what, it becomes a, uh, an unhealthy relationship where you're not... Lo- now, before you do that, you might sit down and explain to the person, you can't do this. And explain to them what they're making you feel like, which should be legitimate, right? But you can't run relationships by manipulation. You know, if you want something from somebody, you ought to be willing to ask them for it, and if they don't give it, you've got to accept it. You, right? Um, listen to this one. Did you know Shirley's husband brings her flowers every Friday? He must really love her. Of course, nobody ever brings me flowers, Now, don't raise your hand if you've done that at some point, all right? Um, What's that? That's manipulation again, isn't it? Much better for you to say, uh, listen, I would love you to bring me some flowers. Well, okay. Um, I haven't got a ride to church. I walk 12 blocks in the snow and the cold. Um, That's all right, though. I don't mind. Okay? That's not true, is it? And yet, uh, by the way... Does anybody not know what you're doing to them when you're manipulating them? Do you know when somebody's manipulating you? Yes. Yeah, you know it. <clears throat> you know, it's got a red flag that flies that you can, you can see when they're, when they're walking up to you. In fact, the people that manipulate you, you want to stay as far away from as possible, right? And that's, now listen, don't do it to other people because, you know, we have this incredible ability to say, oh, yeah, 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 your man's right, you know, I tell you what, when he's talking about manipulation, I know so-and-so, I tell you, he would manipulate you any time he got a chance, and I hate being around him. And, you know, you can think that, and then on the other hand, you can go tomorrow and you can manipulate some people because that's what you do. You suck it out of them, Right? Be careful, you know. Don't apply it to the other guy and forget to apply it to you. If you do it, you've got to recognize and you've got to stop doing it. That's, that's the key to what we're talking about because it ruins relationships. There's no fun, there's no love uh, in a relationship um, <clears throat> like that. What should the guy who's looking for a ride to church say? He should say, can I have a ride to church? Do you think you could swing by and pick me up? Another person might say no. You know what? But they got the right to do it. But they might say yes, and they would do it because they cared. They would do it because they cared, right? <clears throat> uh, you stop manipulating when you come right out and state what it is that you want. Manipulation places uh, plays on guilt. If you can make someone feel guilty, you can get them to do whatever you want. Uh, that's not the way of the Lord. Now, here's the thing. Some of you operate on guilt. Isn't that right? Do you know that about yourself? Some of you operate on guilt. Some of you, you can't make them feel guilty. It doesn't just, just doesn't work with them. Right? Some people will just say, yeah. But some people, as soon as you put the guilt out there, they absorb it. And you know what? Manipulators know you. They know who it is that they can get to respond to guilt. And so they will always make a beeline for you. So where's what you have? You have somebody who can be manipulated, typically, is overworked, pulling their hair out, ready, unraveling at the seams, because they can't say no to anybody, and people know it, so they keep coming and dumping on them and asking them to do it. Right? Now, what do you do if you're like that? What do you do? You've got to get with the Lord, first of all. You know, <clears throat> typically, what we do, don't, don't we? we swing one way or the other, right? Okay, so we swing one way and, you know, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm overworked, I'm overwrought, I'm flying around in circles chasing my tail, I can't do it all, uh, so I'm not doing anything for anybody now. Now, that's a flash reaction, and that won't help you. What you need to do is you need to get with the Lord and decide from the Lord, what would he have you to do? What would he have you to do in this situation? Let me say to those of you that, that know how to actually get people uh, feeling guilty so they'll do something for you, Stop that 's not what you want you don 't want people doing something because because sooner or later they're going to they 're going to walk away from the situation because they don 't want to be made feel guilty all the time there 's no fun in it if you 're making them feel guilty there 's no joy in it there 's no relationship in it. They are doing it in the raw, in the hard cold, and they hate it. Stop doing it that 's not the way for you to actually uh, have relationships um, <clears throat> You see. What you got to do is you got to understand <clears throat> that you're, if you're going to have relationships with people, you need to have expectations that are reasonable, realistic, and agreed by the other person. If the other person in the relationship doesn't agree with them, you know what? You don't have a light to stand on. Until the other person agrees with them, you know what, you're expecting something of somebody that they're not delivering, and you're going to be very frustrated and very unhappy. You're likely going to try and manipulate them into doing what you want them to do. And what you're going to do is you're going to take a relationship that's got problems, and you're going to multiply the problems in that relationship. And, you know, you'll destroy the relationship completely. Friendships. Parent-child relationships, marriages get destroyed because of this. You've got to look at the situation and you've got to come to the place where you stop operating out of obligation and you stop operating out of guilt and, <clears throat> and you stop manipulating people and you start being honest with each other. Where you say, okay, can you do this for me? And you say, well, look, I can't. I've got so much on right now. That if I do that for you, other, th- other things are going to suffer, and that will be wrong. <clears throat> and you know, you got to you. Gotta, you if, in order for you to have healthy relationships, you got to catch this one. This one's really important. All right. <clears throat> Any questions or comments here? This is basic stuff of life, important. But you know what? It's something we can all get fouled up on. If the Spirit of God has spoken to you about being a manipulator or being. Uh, somebody who's uh, obligated and guilty, you need to get with the Lord about it. You may need to get help unraveling it for yourself so you can stop doing it, but it will give you relationships in your life that are totally unsatisfying. Right? <clears throat> okay, any, any questions or comments?